Let's just get going. Welcome to the Dude Catholic Podcast. I'm your co-host Adrian here with a man. And uh, everyone knows that a picture is worth a thousand words, but a picture of Ramon is not allowed to speak. <laughs> Ramon. Yeah, you are. See, I didn't think it was going to make you laugh. <laughs> I thought it was one of those that I thought was funny, but you weren't going to think was funny. <laughs> yeah, you are. Today, we begin a series titled, The English is Hard. With an episode titled, Where You're At. That's right. Our scripture today comes from... Book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. And ye shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Mm. Delicious. Delicious indeed. So let's get this podcast on the road. So today we're going to really focus on evangelization. I mean, that's the series. The series is on evangelization. Shout out to Shaggy, Andy, Courtney, if you may. Is his nickname Andy or is it Shaggy? I don't know. The world may never know. But indeed, he is. The uh, the reason why we're doing this series, because he gave us the idea a long time ago. And I was just like, I was kind of intimidated about the series because I think we overthink everything. You know, just like evangelization, we overthink it. We think that, oh, we have to go really outside of our comfort zone. And you know what? We do have to go outside of our comfort zone to do anything that we've never done before. But the fact of the matter is, is that we live in evangelization. You know, we, we're supposed to be living it because this episode is all about living it. It's about being it. It's about doing it, you know, doing that evangelization thing where we're at in our lives. Because I cannot at this point in my life evangelize like a single man. I cannot evangelize like Ramon right now. You know why? Because I'm a married man, because I have kids. So I have to evangelize like a married man with kids. You know, it's one of the things that I've been telling my, uh, my students via online learning right now. It sucks, by the way. No one likes it. Not one. I surveyed all my students. I, told, I asked all of them, over 100 kids online, you know, just raise your hand if you actually like online learning. Not one, dude. Not one. They're all sick of it because they've been doing this since like March of last, of last, of, well, last school year, you know, but but one of the things that I told him was like, yeah, just show up on time. I'm, I'm kind of stealing from, uh, from the coach. I'm taking from the coach here, you know, the two rules. Show up on time and do your best. You know, you can't do anyone else's best. Just like I can't do Ramon's best. I wouldn't even try. Um, and no one else can do my best because I was built to do my best and you were built to do your best. And so that's one of the reasons why we're, we're doing this episode because we don't have to go that far. 
you know, we're always saying like, just do what you're supposed to. And you're going to out hustle 70, 75% of the workforce. You know, you're going to out hustle most of the people out there by just doing what you're supposed to be doing. And so the same thing goes to evangelization, like just being who you are, where you are, the best version of who you are. You know, you can only be the best you, but you can't be the best you without following God. Everything outside of following God is going to be mediocre. And the amazing thing about grace is that it makes up for all the other crap that's in our lives, you know, all the other inequities, because let me, let me just feel, be honest with everyone right now. I don't feel too worthy. And it may just be me being scrupulous because I haven't been to confession in like two months already. Um, just probably maybe even more. It's just that I've been lazy. You know, I haven't been making the effort and I keep letting things get in the way of me uh, giving my soul the maintenance it needs. You know, the maintenance it needs. I don't even know if I'm speaking correctly because as the title of this series says, the English is indeed hard. But But that's the thing, you know, like we are not called to be the best version of anyone else but ourselves. That's kind of what Jesus did with, with the apostles. Yeah. He just went, he went to the beach and he saw these dudes. And somehow he saw how great they were. And I'm not talking about how great they looked and all their awesome accomplishments because they're just some dudes that are just fishing. So there was nothing particularly special about these guys. And, but there, there was something that Jesus saw in them and uh, that I'm too ignorant to, to actually explain it correctly. But he said, drop everything and come with me. And they did. And that was it. There wasn't much convincing to be done. It was just, okay, we'll, we'll do that. We'll go do that. You mm. see, I, I think deep down in, 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 in not that deep, maybe, um, but in our hearts, we, we have this, this desire for, for something that, for something more, for more than the world has to offer. Mm -hmm. And maybe sometimes that's why we feel empty. And maybe that's why sometimes we feel so uneasy about certain things and not completely satisfied, no matter how successful we think we are or, or whatever the case may be. Um, I remember um, uh, when I first showed up to a certain unit of assignment at a certain <laughs> location. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Very specific. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, the, the, the people there got to know me pretty good and, and, and I'm very talkative and sometimes. And like, I, I have a pretty decent personality, you know, very mm -hmm. outgoing and, and very helpful and what have you. And yeah. then... They, they were talking about like cheating on your girlfriend or your, or your wife and how that's very normal actually. And then somebody looked at me and they said, yeah, Garcia's dirty. I can already <laughs> tell by the way he is. And it, it just it's like, wow, man, like, do I really look like that? Do I really look like I'm, I'm, I'm a cheater? Do I really look like I'm a flirt or whatever? And instead of getting offended or getting, you know, defending my position too much, I just asked, like, why do you say that? Like, what makes you say that? And then they started describing how I can make people feel not just good, but make them feel valuable, make them feel important. How I can talk to people, and I don't know how to say this in, in a clean way, but they said, well, actually, it's, there's nothing dirty about this, but just how, like, in, in, in a very seductive way, I can get people's attention. 
in person, probably not on the podcast because I suck <laughs> on the podcast. But like in person, I, I can actually engage people and then they tend to gravitate towards me even if they don't like me. And even if they don't like me at the end of the, of the interaction, they'll at least say, I will deal with that little Hispanic guy again because I was treated with respect and he kept it real. And that's happened many times. Like really, you, you think I'm dirty and I'm a cheater because I, I have all these qualities that not because of my own doing, but because those are gifts that my God gave me to evangelize. You know, like the scripture says, you're going to be my witness from here to the end of the earth. And maybe that's what Jesus saw in, in, in Peter and all the other apostles. Yeah, they're probably not that impressive looking, but there's something special about these guys because I, I know that God gave us certain gifts to each and every one of us to go out there and be a witness. As human beings, we have this natural ability to project our identity or what we believe we are, not even our identity, sometimes even our mistaken sense of who we are. And we project that into the world. You know, like if I, at the core of my being, have this self-loathing, I will project that into the world. You know, it's like if you hang out with people that smoke pot, they think that everyone smokes pot. And we all know someone like that, or we've all known or talked to a group of people that are like that, you know? Like we're like, oh, and they, and, and I've seen them do it, you know, like they just look at someone like, oh, he blazes, you know, and, and they have no idea. They just see something. They may even see something that they like because there's something in themselves that they like and they just project whatever it is, even if it's a vice that's their preferred bias and they project that into someone else, you know, so it's kind of funny that they say something like that. It's because they, they think about the quality that you have. And maybe they're thinking, you know what, I wish I had that quality so I can do this thing even more, you know, because it would make their, their advice a lot easier to come by. And it's just an interesting thing that, that people that we you know, don't count me out, you know, like we think that way. I can't think of the, the last time I did something like that, but I can tell you, you know, sometimes like, you know, speaking about self-loathing, um, it keeps me away from doing great things. You know, like holiness is so accessible to all of us. It's so accessible because it's given unto us, given our situation at life. But we have a, a unique ability as human beings to self-sabotage, whether it's through our preferred vice or, or our own self-loathing. You know, when we think, oh man, I'm such a great sinner. You know, we kind of take that, that prayer at the beginning of Mass where we're admitting that we're hypocrites and sinners. Uh, saying, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. And then we leave it at that. You know, then we leave it at that, and that's all we are. You know, do we ignore the rest of the Mass because of that one part of the Mass where we're beating our chest, that one part of that one prayer, before we ask for everyone else's intercession, you know, before we acknowledge that God came down to earth to redeem us, to make us full, to make us whole. You know, I'm... I'm called to evangelize. I'm called to preach the gospel with or without words. But let's be honest, we need the words. St. Francis never said that. You know, he never said preach the gospel and use words if necessary. Um, there's scholars who, uh, who study the life of St. Francis who are like, he never said that. Like, there's nowhere, nowhere other than the internet where, where people are saying that he said that, you know. And, 
and that's the thing, you know, we want to we want to rely so much on our goodness uh, or our lack of goodness instead of the grace of God to do all the things that we're supposed to do. You know, so so I guess my my takeaway from this part is that, you know, I'm called to to be a dad, not just in private, but in public. I'm called to be a husband, not just in private, but in public. You know, and I know I've been I've been pretty private about that. I don't really talk about my family as much as I should. No, because at some point I decided, you know what, like, I'm not going to put them out there. You know, I'm not going to put their picture out there. I'm not going to talk about them. I'm not going to say their name. You know, this is just for the guys. But being a husband is my primary identity. Well, being a child of God is my primary identity. But in the order of human love, the love that I have for my wife is the main thing in my life. You know, and, and if I didn't think that she was an amazing human being that is going to lead me into heaven, I wouldn't have married her. And that is the main, the main love that I'm supposed to be showing in this world, in my capacity as a, as a human being who, have, who has decided to answer the call to be a married man. You know, the way I love my kids, that, that is the way that I am meant to evangelize given my state in life. Because, because it's going to be noticeable. You know, I can't just keep it to home or be like, oh, yeah, COVID-19, so we're all at home. And, and the way I treat my family is not really going to affect anything. But the way I treat my family is going to affect everything. You know, they're such amazing people that I can't ha- help but have them have an effect on me and the way I do my job and the way I relate to other people outside of this household. And all of that speaks volumes. And it's pretty funny because I just, you know, just starting, starting off in this new, new job, we have all these meetings. And in all these meetings, you know, given the political climate and all that stuff, like we hear all these things that, that, that public schools are known for, you know, like like being so liberal and this and that. And I can tell you firsthand, like, yeah, that's all out there. And we are in California, so we know the climate is what it is. But still, in my, in my little introductory slide, like I'm, I'm able to drop a little bit of faith in there. You know, because of who I am. Like I put a picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe there. I put a picture of this little, little icon that's a, that says faith, freedom, family. You know, like I, I, I'm out there throwing, throwing out the... Uh, the gospel in little in little portions so they know you know the kids know who they're dealing with and they know that they're dealing with someone who takes his family life so seriously that he wants to be the kind of teacher that his own kids would have you know and all of that like that's evangelization we don't have to look that far in order to find it in order to find an opportunity to do it the way we treat people is uh very very underrated when, mm-hmm. when it comes to evangelization, um, I, I'm not ghetto, but I, I'm not like the most uh, refined gentleman, <laughs> but I am a gentleman nonetheless. Uh, it, I, don't, I don't know how to describe this, but, but here, here, here it goes. Uh, if I go eat somewhere, just basic manners goes a long way even like in disagreements and somebody's being very rude to you, which I don't know where, where you guys live and maybe you guys live with a bunch of saints, but where I live, there, there, there's a lot of, a lot of rudeness going, going around. Mm-hmm. And, but just how, how you react to that, you know, when, when you say, you know, I, not to be argumentative, but this is why I disagree. And even if you're going to walk away from the person, just be like, Oh, well, it seems like, you know, we, we can't uh, come to a, a sound, uh, I don't know, a sound agreement here. So I'm just going to step away. Simple things. 
a thank you, the way you say thank you, the way you open the door for people and let them mm-hmm. in. Because I'm not, I'm not as friendly as you are, Adrian, but see, it's kind of hard to describe it. I hate to be this guy that's always patting himself in the back because I'm really not trying to do that. I'm just trying to share the, 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 little, the little seeds that have been planted along the way because honestly, it, it kind of seems effortless to me now because I pray every single day that I may be a good reflection of God's love. Maybe that's why I'm not like too embarrassed to, to, to share all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I dare share that, that I am a decent human being, that I am a gentleman. When people cut me off on the road, I slow down. I don't honk at them. Why? Because everybody makes mistakes, dude. I've made a bunch of mistakes and I still make a bunch of mistakes. I'm very kind. I'm very gentle with people. And there's some people that describe me as scary too. Not just at work, but in my personal life. But they know the good side too. <laughs> oh, oh, I, man, I can identify with that so much. And, and here's the thing I imagine you as though. Yeah, guy, I imagine you walking up and down like certain aisles. And you're going to look like the kind of guy that's going to mow them down if they're still standing there while you're walking on that path. But then they deal with you and they see like the gentleness that is that is in you. You know, and, and the reason why I say I can identify with that, it's it's not because, you know, I'm I'm just as unfriendly or whatever. Like, no, you're pretty dang friendly. You know, I would I, not I would not categorize you as that. And and I have gotten some feedback, you know, that that man, Ramon sounds really serious. <laughs> and you sound like more lighthearted. I'm like, dude, like Ramon is freaking hilarious. Like you don't <laughs> man, you don't you don't know. <laughs> but no, it's it's uh it, no, yeah, because I've gotten that feedback about you. I'm like, no, dude, like he's hilarious. You don't even you don't even know like when we're off mic, like we're just um, but, yeah, but, but, you know, but, but people will not pick that up uh, if they don't stop and talk to you, you know, and that's the kind of thing that I remember getting because when I would walk up and up and down the, uh, the hallways at the school, it's like it's some people have told me, goes, yeah, you walk like you walk around like you own the place. I'm like, I know, right? Like the short, short little Mexican, like, just walking around like you own the place. It's like, cause I feel like I do. Why? Because I'm here to serve you. I'm here to be the best person I can for you. You know, and they know that and they know that it's not fake. And I'm like, that's, that's, dude, just, that's just how we operate, man. And I'm not just trying to toot our own horn. Like it's just who we've become and it's habitual. It's bringing that human touch to it that I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I think I've told you already, but um, just in case you guys don't know, Pruno is something, it's a name for a jailhouse uh, made uh, liquor. It's a bunch of spoiled food, and then, it, you know, they, they get drunk with that. Uh, it's so easy to make. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know you know what I'm talking about. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's a jail, dude. It's a jail. It's a freaking jail. And yes. there's a lot of rude people. There's a lot of stuff going around that, whatever, a very unfriendly environment at times. And some of the inmates that like to test uh, – some of us here and there, you know, and for the most part, people, inmates actually do respect me because I treat them like a human being and because I'm very rough, but I'm also very fair too. I don't say much, but when little Garcia says no, it means no. And when he says yes, 
that means it's going to get done eventually within my shift. Mm -hmm. like whatever it is and anyway long story short sometimes uh they start getting like really tough with me and like hey like you need to give me this and, and there goes again with like how you're going to react to to certain things with to certain unpleasantries and i can always say i don't have to give you anything because i don't because it's jail and you're an inmate and you're in here because you committed a crime is it all true yes is it necessary to tell them that not always Sometimes uh, when they ask me for something, it could be anything, something they're entitled to. And then uh, I tell them, well, let me get a little shot of that pruno. Though. <laughs> and then they get thrown off, like, because what deputy asked them that, you know? And it's not like I'm serious. I'm not serious. I'm not being serious because I don't, whatever. <laughs> but just something to line up the mood. You get this mm -hmm. rude criminal or child molester and... They just like to be jerks sometimes. It's like, hey, you need to give me this. It's like, oh, you got to give me a shot of that Pruno first. And they're like, oh, well, Pruno, I don't have no Pruno. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right, because you guys are all nice little uh, Bible scholars and you guys don't make your own jailmate, uh, jailhouse liquor, huh? <laughs> and it lines up the mood. They may not like me, but they can see, like, they're not going to manipulate me. Why? Because there's something different about the little Mexican guy. Yeah, I'm not rude to them. And, and I do say, God bless you. I make sure that, I don't wanna say every interaction I have, but every, every spot where I've been at, they've, said, they've heard me say that to somebody. And it's obvious that I live that. Because I'm not a hypocrite about it. Because, yeah, even though we have the COVID stuff, I pull down my mask and I look at them straight in the eye and be like, all right, God bless you. And they know it. And I know because I have references. They've told me, like, you treat us like a person. And, no, and very few deputies have told us, God bless you. There's still a few of us in there, deputies yeah, there that, are. That, that are Catholic or Christian. or There's some cool Muslims there, too. But... You know, we, we just, we're there. We're there to serve, like you said, Adrian. You know, I, I do walk around like I own the place, but not in a cocky way. Because I don't live there. That's not my house. But it kind of is my house. Because I'm there to serve. Not give them whatever they want, but I'm there to serve a bigger purpose. So pray for us. I will pray for you. Ferro. Ferro. Aguitu. just some dudes that were just fishing because that was their job you saw I'm, the I'm sorry i'm gonna be really rude but i can't i can't help but not miss the irony of what you're saying right now you know because like we're we're obviously california guys and we're like talking about dude and like he just saw these dudes at the beach and i had to just mention that because you're saying something like very deep but i'm a jackass so i have to just kind of point <laughs> out that Dude, like, I, why am I like this, man? I guess I'm just happy to be recording with you again, man.
thank you so much for all that. <laughs> no problem. It, it was so essential for the podcast, huh? Very much so, yeah. <laughs>